Welcome to week number 160 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Ciao. What up? I thought you were counting like I was wrong on 160. I was like, uh-oh, I might be wrong. No, no I don't know. I mean, honestly, I have no idea. You, I, I just we're assumed good. We're good. Always, we're good. We're you're good. You're always right. Last okay. week was 159. I can count by ones. It's 160. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I hope you uh, found this correctly, that this is where you were trying to get to. And uh, if this is your first time, welcome. If this, if you've been here before, thank you for uh, coming back and uh, listening to us talk about TGIF. Yeah, and if you didn't mean to find us correctly, then that's cool too. Welcome anyways. We, we'll take anybody. Yeah, listen for a little bit. Decide you don't like it after about five minutes, and then no. uh, that's all we need really. No, you'll love it. Uh, so here's what we do here. We decided that we're going to go back in time. We're going to watch TGIF exactly 30 years after the week that it aired. And uh, that's what we're doing here. We've got three brand new episodes. And uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But before we do, thank you to Michael Meadows for the theme song this week. Is this the one? This is the one that I didn't want to play, but uh, you made me do it. All right. Thanks, Mike. It's Michael, but it's fun. Thanks, Michael. Uh, if you want to send in your own version of the theme song to just like Michael, you can do that. Just uh, send us an email, tgifcast at gmail.com. That's how you get it to us. And while you're doing that, subscribe to us, all social media, at tgifcast. What's that? Dot com. No, no, dot com. Dot com. If you, could do, if you do at tgifcast.com, I don't think it'll take you to the right place. Don't do dot com. Don't do dot com. Um, so before we get into this week's episodes, we do like to see what was going on in the world 30 years ago. Now, these episodes that we're watching this week aired back in 1992. What was the exact date? Yeah. So this Friday in 1992 would have been October 9th. So looking at that week, the 9th, uh, October 3rd, we'll start with that. Uh, we've talked about it before on the show. Uh, don't remember why, but, uh, Shanae O'Connor, this is when she went on SNL and ripped up the picture of the Pope. Good for her. Um, I don't know why we would have talked about it before, but I remember talking about it. She, I mean, she had a couple things along those lines around that time, so I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know if it was a her thing or if we were just talking about Saturday Night Live and, and that came. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. know. Uh, October 8th, 1992 was the release of uh, a pretty important video game i feel like in the uh realm of video game history october 8th 1992 any guesses i'm gonna guess i'm gonna have i'm gonna do give me three guesses i want three guesses do you want any clues or not no no all right take your three guesses if you're nowhere near it i'll give you a hint that'll get it get you there i think super mario world no uh wolfenstein wolfenstein no sonic the hedgehog so this was uh one of two uh hmm, i don't want to give it away too much this was uh it's a two what's what system was it on i think it was cross-platform okay yeah mortal mortal kombat mortal kombat came out october 8th 1992 I think you had to put the blood code in on Nintendo to get the blood. But I, if you had, they, I don't even know if they had that on the Nintendo. If you had a Sega, you had blood. Sega. I don't even think it was on the any. It must have been on Super Nintendo. 
because I don't think it was on the NES. Yeah, I think you're right. Super. Um, all right. That's news for the week. What about movies, music, birthdays? What do we got? Nothing new. Last of the Mohicans is still number one. Uh, we'll have something new next week. And then it is still Boys to Men, End of the Road. Keeps on going. The end of the Road is far away. I do know a movie that came out this week. I did not mention it because I figured maybe it's number one next week, but uh, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, there was a movie, there's a new movie, number one next week. Is it and an action movie? movie? It is. And it's okay. a movie you'll know, know but is. I'm surprised that you would think that that's big enough that like that, that caught your eye. If it's the same movie, I'm surprised that it caught your eye. Yeah. I mean, it's his most famous role to date. <laughs> maybe. I guess that's true. I mean, that's what my headline says. Yeah, I mean, in his most famous role is released. Uh, yeah, that's fair. What about birthdays? You got anything? Nothing. No birthdays. All right, so let's get into it. Like we said, uh, we got three new shows this week. No new dinosaurs. We got Family Matters. We got Step by Step. We got the Wilder Show, whatever it's called. Camp Wilder. Camp Wilder. And uh, hopefully, I watched the right ones this week. So, uh, Family Matters season four. What's the actual episode that we're going with number wise? Number wise? Because it's out of order. Remember. Family it's matters. not out of order. No, this is an order that, of how it aired. Of how it aired, it's, but it's not it's, episode number order, correct? It is episode number order. Episodes and number are numbered in which they air, not not the production goes. Oh, okay. So this is number three, four? Where are we at? Four. Wait, we four? 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 Four. Three. Three. Family Matters, season four, episode three, Driving Carl Crazy. That's the right one, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm about to kill <laughs> Um, again, it is, it is, it is. Episode doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless you watch the one that was supposed to air in the place a couple weeks ago, but uh, that's fine. What are you talking about? This made perfectly perfect sense to me. There's a whole huge gap that's missing, but uh, anyways, it starts off. We've got Carl, we've got Harriet, they're all they're home alone. They've got uh, they're trying to get romantic in that uh, living room, doing whatever they can. They've got the lights down, they've got the wine out, they're all alone until Steve Urkel shows up, of course, of course, right. Um, and he's got a trumpet, too, because, you know, trumpet, Steve, why not? Um, well, he just learned how to play it. He just learned how to play the trumpet, and he wants to, therefore, play it for people. They tell him to go home, um, and then kind of gets the hint from Carl that they're trying to get romantic in the uh, living room, or at least start in the living room, maybe move somewhere else later. But uh, anyways, Steve starts playing the trumpet for him, and he is surprisingly good. And I think they Real all good. think he's pretty good. Yeah. Until he hits a high note on the song that he's playing and shatters the wine glasses, the wine bottle, and this romantic evening may be ruined. Yeah, this fancy champagne is gone. Um, so we get a, did I do that from Steve? Um, and then the theme, and then we come right back. Uh, we're still in the same room. They're still trying to get rid of Steve. Um, Steve argues uh, or agrees eventually to go home but not until after making fun of Carl's cheap wine or champagne or whatever it was. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Carl gets angry about Steve with Harriet um, and then uh, starts to get a little dizzy. Like something's going on. We've got uh, some, some health issues yeah. going on with Carl. Uh, Harriet wants him to call the doctor and he's like, I'll do it tomorrow. But for now, it's sexy time. He doesn't say that, but I mean, that's what's going on. <laughs> that's what's going on it's sexy time. i could see him saying that I'll this part's working perfectly i'll fine. call the doctor tomorrow but for now it's sexy time um all right Absolutely. so going i didn't even plan that uh the next scene steve's coming over singing i'm too sexy <laughs> right right 
Uh, I'm too walk, sexy, yeah. Walking into the kitchen. Uh, Laura, not impressed. Uh, she's trying to leave for the mall. Eddie comes down. And uh, he's also singing I'm Too Sexy. This must have been real popular. I don't think it would. We we talked about it when the song peaked. came out, but it was a yeah, while ago. Yeah, it had already right? peaked. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, it had, it had definitely already peaked. So I'm not sure. Maybe this, again, was recorded at a time when I'm Too Sexy was still a big deal. Yeah, I guess they created the episode probably when it was big and then like aired it like few months later not that this like song is relevant to the to the you know story but whatever um so laura's asking eddie for a ride which if you would have watched the uh, episode that i watched you knew that he got a new car that's how but, she's asking him for a ride because now he has a car oh because eddie got a new car yep yeah. um so eddie's like nah you're not getting a ride and uh Laura does mention, though, she's like, you know what? The next guy with wheels that asks me out, he's going to be my new steady. And this gives uh, a little twinkle in uh, Steve Urkel's eyes. Right in front of Steve, she made the mistake of saying that. Yep. So then we see Carl getting home from work. Um, He did go to the doctor earlier in the day as well. And he says uh, his blood pressure's a little bit high, but the doctor says he's fine. Nothing to worry about. All he needs to do... Relax. Relax and control that temper. Because apparently that's what's causing these little triggers is anytime he gets real mad, probably with Steve a lot, that's when this uh this dizziness is happening, possibly. Yeah. And he has this poem that he that he is he has to recite to to help him stay calm. Did you write the poem down? Three, two, one, one, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? It was a free book, so um, don't expect a whole lot out of that. It was sitting in the uh, the lobby of the doctor's office, but uh, we don't find that out until later, though. Oh, okay. As far as we know, at this point, this is a mantra that his doctor has provided to him. Gotcha, gotcha. And he does say now he's cool as a cucumber after yes. saying that poem. So then uh, we've got Eddie walking Laura in the backyard. We see what appears to be a car underneath of a cover. Eddie takes off the cover to reveal Steve Urkel popping out of the sunroof on what looks kind of like a Mini Cooper, maybe a little smaller. I think he actually says it's a 1960 BMW Assetta. Assetta. You ever heard of that car? I haven't. I mean, I heard of this that car 30 years ago when Steve oh, okay. got it for the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, it's a real car. And, you know, this car he has for what most of the show, if not all of it, right? Yeah, I don't remember. We'll, we'll find out, I guess. But, um... I think there's a mention of how much he paid for it. And he said, oh, my uncle Cecil actually gave me $50 to take it from him. So um, Steve at this point reminds Laura what she said in the kitchen. And uh, she reminds him that he doesn't even know how to drive. <laughs> he won't drive and no one will teach him. Yep. And uh, Urkel wants Eddie to teach him. Uh, it doesn't look like that's going to no. happen. So we'll see what happens. Uh, next scene, we've got Urkel uh, now inside begging Carl to teach him how to drive. Of course, he doesn't want to, but uh, Estelle's like, you should teach him. This will be a good test for you, Carl, to see if you can control your temper. Seems like a horrible idea. I mean, Estelle is always trying to get them to be nice to Steve. She's always trying to be the the angel on the shoulder. We know this is a situation where potentially Carl could lose his temper. And imagine... If he's like in the car and he loses his temper, this could this could be a disaster. Could be. Could, could be. be. Um 
so then he oh steve's like leaving out of the house or something after carl eventually agrees to um teach him how to drive and then like grabs his sleeve and rips it off of his shirt yeah he's really excited so he goes to pat him on the back and as he's doing it ends up ripping the sleeve right off the shirt yeah because that's possible uh next scene outside um steve is showing carl the car and carl thinks this thing is the funniest thing he's ever seen he's just (laughs) laughing right in front of steve how ridiculous this car is Um, it's a ridiculous looking car yeah they uh eventually get in the car the way that you open it it's kind of like a like a garage door i don't know maybe no i wouldn't call it a garage door it 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 opens it's just the the front of the car opens lifts up right right yeah until that point Urkel had a beginning in and out of the car through the sunroof. Uh-huh. They were obviously saving this big reveal of the car opening from the front for uh, for this scene. So we also find out there's no speedometer. Um, there's actually just a chalkboard inside to keep track of how fast you think you're going. That's and true. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he starts the car. The car sounds pretty awful, but Steve starts getting real excited hits the, uh, or takes the car out of park and ends up backing right into the garage door. Through the garage door, yeah. Um, Carl keeps this cool, though. Um, he doesn't get angry yet. Um, we get a, did I do that? Once again, that's twice in this episode now from Steve. Um, he starts to move again, and this time um, Steve well, is like... Carl Carl is doing the poem at this point. Oh, the He's three, doing two, the, one, one, the two, mantra. three. What the heck what is... What the heck is bothering me? And uh, Steve now driving, like, starts jerking around the car. Um, Carl gets out of the car. He's like, stop it. He gets out. Um, He's about to lose it, but he says his poem one more time, calms down, but then the garage collapses from the crash through the door. Like, well, not all of it, but most of it. Like, all the shelves, everything inside falls over. Starts doing the poem again, three, two, one. And... um, now he snaps. He can't handle it anymore. He starts chasing Steve around the car, who eventually gets back into the car. Um, but then Carl like goes like full bear mode on this thing, like starts shaking it. I think he, I thought he was gonna flip the car, but uh, I mean, it's small enough where it, it it was a good looking scene. Yeah, I thought one person could flip this thing, no problem. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but after all of this uh, losing the temper from Carl, uh, he eventually collapses out there in the uh, driveway and uh, Steve has to run inside to get help. Yeah, he's got another one of his fits. So a little later, we've got Carl on the couch. He's uh, relaxing now from this uh, panic attack or whatever you want to call it, temper attack. And uh, Steve is apologizing. Um, Harriet tells Carl that uh, she spoke to his doctor and she actually found out that he didn't tell her quite everything exactly how it went to the doctor's office. Right. He gave her the, here's what I want you to know version. Yeah. So um, she's got like some suggestions for him, but Carl doesn't want to follow any of these suggestions. And Harriet tells him that I'm worried about you. I don't want to see you get hurt or anything like that. I don't, or die even worse. And uh Right argues with her for a little bit, but then they figure it out. They kiss. That's the end of the episode. But we get another bonus credit scene with uh, Eddie and <laughs> the family. I, I, mine cut off, so I don't know who all got out of the car. Oh, I think everybody. I saw Eddie Every, and I everybody think I saw got out of the car. maybe Estelle yeah. after that. They Yeah, it's the Isetta and everybody in the family is getting it like clown car style getting out. Eddie, then Harriet, Laura, Estelle, Rachel, Richie, Carl, Steve, 
I don't think Judy was in there. She's already kind of on her way out. No, Richie made an appearance though. Richie made an appearance, uh, but you could tell too there were there were very deliberate edits of, uh, okay. of you know them having a new person get out of. The I'll take it. What I saw was pretty good. It was good. It was cute. All right, so that's Family Matters, uh, a thirty slot. You got step by step. This is season two, episode four. JT's World is the name of the episode, and uh, it all starts off. We've got Frank in the kitchen. He's asking Dana for some help. Trying to figure out how do I clean a saw like a nonstick saucepan <laughs> kind pot. of thing, yeah. And uh, eventually tricks, I guess, kind of tricks Dana into uh, washing it herself. And he's like, "Well, that's the easiest right. way to do it." And uh, Carol comes down, and then Cody and JT come in, and we find out at this point that JT is getting his own TV show. Um, JT's World is the name of it. Yep, it's pretty much going to be a ripoff of Wayne's World. Yep. Uh, so it's public broadcast. They're giving him three test episodes. If it goes well, he gets to keep doing it. And uh, we find out also because uh, from this that he's going to be filming right there in their living room using dad's camera as long as he uh, signs off all the uh, liability stuff. And, right. Uh, yeah. Frank like has to said, sign off on the sheet. Just like Wayne's World and Cody's going to be the sidekick. Cody's Garth and uh, I guess JT's Wayne. Yeah, Absolutely. So after the theme song, we go into uh, a scene where JT is talking to all of the uh, siblings that are younger than he is and uh, giving them like a little rundown of what they're going to be doing on the show. And then Karen comes in in a cheerleading outfit with Lisa, who uh, I forgot she made an appearance on this show. Lisa Morgan, Elizabeth Berkeley. Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell and... Uh, she the second this the second saved by the bell uh woman the girl that we've had on the show was the other one on uh oh yeah tiffany amber Thiessen, she was on tiffany step amber by step as well she was on step by step and this and did we determine that this is filming like this step saved by the bell was still going on at this time it's too, still right? going on yeah yes all right yeah so i'll tell you this i'm just gonna say this right now okay elizabeth berkeley on this show seems to be just i mean she she takes over the entire show like not oh. not as a character, as but an actress, as a her presence on the show, she just is acting at a different level than the rest of this. She's also a foot and a half taller than Karen, she is. which she's is crazy. Very, she's very commanding, and I love the actors on the show. I think that I, I, I the the way that this show is acted is one of my favorite TGIF shows. But she's just on a different level. She's at a different place, and you could feel it, like whenever she's on on screen. So when she comes in with Karen, uh, JT is like instantly in love. Like he sees oh, her yeah. and he just like loses it. Mark is e- even realizes like how beautiful <laughs> Elizabeth Berkeley is. And like they make fun of him. Like, have you even hit puberty yet or whatever? And uh, he's right, like, right. I don't need to or something like that. But uh, anyways, uh, Karen and Lisa, they go into um, <clears throat> the living room to practice cheerleading. JT goes in there and tells Karen she's got a big zit on her face, which sends her running upstairs to take care of it, which is what he wanted because now he's alone with Lisa to uh, let her know, my name's JT, I've got my own TV show. (laughs) And she's like, what? She thinks he's cool immediately. And she also says that she would do anything to be on TV. Well, this is what I do normally too, is I introduce myself and say, yeah, I have a podcast. And people are like, oh, that's where you're the coolest person ever. How do I, what do I do? How's it work? Pretty good. How do I get on your podcast? How does it work? I mean, I, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many friends. <laughs> um. So yeah, he's t- she wants to be on TV. We got that going on. Next scene, uh, up in bed, 
Carol wants Frank to take this compatibility test. Um, she's reading a magazine. She thinks it'll be fun. So he's like, <laughs> I don't want to do it. But then she like, he's promised- smart. He's smart. He knows it's trouble. Yeah. But she promises him to take his compatibility test if he takes hers and his is just having sex with her. But uh, right, yeah. we get into it. Um, so the question she asks him and the idea is that you're each going to write down their answer. Then they're going to exchange answers and read each other's answers. Um, if you're stranded on a desert Island and it's just, uh, you and what, like one other person, how long will it take you to get romantic with that other person? There's a little bit more to the question that is very relevant. Okay. It is. If you're on this desert Island with a, with another woman, uh, that you don't know that you just met, and you know for a fact you'll never you be rescued, right? That you'll never be rescued, that you will never see me again, that you're going to be on this island alone with this person for the rest of your life. Yeah, and Frank even like makes sure that those are the guidelines. He's the like, All right, right, let me remind let me make sure I got this right. There is no chance I will ever be rescued, correct? She's like, Yes. So they write down their answers, they switch, uh, uh, Frank reads Carol's first, which right. she wrote down forever. I'll never uh, be with anyone else romantic. And he's like, uh-oh, what have I done here? <laughs> but I thought he wrote a very reasonable answer on there. I did too. He I said, agree 100%. six months. I think that's totally fair. He didn't write 10 minutes, which is what I was expecting him to write. He wrote six months, and that upsets Carol. Carol is now angry. She came up with her answer forever. Six months is not good enough for her. And uh, she leaves the bedroom angry, taking all the covers on the bed with her. And she also does the thing that, you know, the sitcom thing where she she goes and she takes the stuff that she said before and, and totally ignores it. She says, you know, well, I would have hope, Frank. I would have hope that I would see you again, which is not part of the question. Yeah. But she's obviously being unreasonable. Yeah. So uh, next scene. JT's world is getting ready to start filming. Um, all the uh, younger kids are on camera and like sound and stuff like that. Lisa shows up because she's gonna, I guess, watch the show. She doesn't know what she's, she's gonna doing. be on it. She said she wants to be on it. Yeah, she does end up being on it. Um, they start filming. It's exactly Wayne's world. Like exactly. even like every line that they go through, the countdown list, the guitar play, it's everything. A, like I don't get it, but whatever. This air on ABC, right? And and SNL on NBC. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know who owned Wayne. I mean, I don't know who produced Wayne's World. Didn't the SNL people? Could have been. I don't know. I mean, it started as an SNL skit. It did. I'm looking right now. I'm looking right now. Paramount release. It was distributed by Paramount. The movie. Yeah. Produced by Lauren Michaels. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was, but it was popular, so maybe they just they mentioned it. So they're filming the show. Like we said, it's exactly Wayne's world. They skip ahead a little bit. They're finishing up the first episode. Um, they do invite Lisa over to the couch too. Like they're taught, they're doing that is here, right? Where they're doing like the countdown of like babes. And it, stuff. it is. They, they, yeah, they do this countdown, the five things for attracting babes. And during that countdown, Dana comes in and she kind of walks behind them. And Cody says, that's my babe of the month is Dana. And then, then JT introduces Lisa as the babe of the month. Uh, and that's, that's yeah, kind of she, she jumps the in the couch. She's sitting in the middle of them for pretty much the whole episode. And right. uh, it finishes up. Uh, Cody goes off one way. Lisa and JT go off the other way. Of course, we know that JT is in love with her. But uh, this is where Lisa actually confesses, oh, man, 
I'm in love with that Cody guy. He is. I'm so glad I met him. We got a dilemma. Um, so commercial break, Lisa's shown leaving. And then uh, JT has to go talk to Cody because the only <laughs> way that we can handle this is, hey, uh, Cody, I got to fire you because uh, this thing's just not working. There's no chemistry between us. Man, I'm uh, cruel. Cruel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Cody, I mean, he doesn't really believe it at first. And then he re- thinks that like, oh, man, this is. He thinks he did a really bad job. He feels yeah, like I must bad. have done horrible. And we get a, yeah. a sad Cody walking off one way. And then you see JT, kind of a little sad Cody, or JT as well. As you can tell that he kind of knows that he didn't really do what's right there. Right, right. So uh, next scene, we've got Cody out in the backyard. He's uh, got the guitar. He's singing a blues song uh, that he's changing the lyrics for exactly what's going on with the getting fired getting by fired. his best friend yeah uh frank is uh still trying to apologize to carol he's buying her gifts they're walking into the house uh carol still uh not taking it yet and uh frank hears kind of what cody's singing about and then he goes and talks to cody and cody tells frank that jt fired him but frank pretty quickly knows that uh there's more to it and goes inside to go talk to jt yeah, he picks up on all the cues pretty quickly. So JT tells Frank that uh, there was just no magic between him and Cody. And Frank tells JT that he knows exactly why this happened and tells him that uh, he's not going to make him do anything, but he, like, he JT should know what the right thing to do is. Right, right, right. It's one of those, I'm not mad at you, I'm disappointed in you. I hope you figure out how to fix this. Yeah, so we start filming again. Um, JT's announcing that Mark is going to be the new sidekick on the show. So he hasn't brought <laughs> Cody back yet, but, uh, Mark explains how he doesn't really know how the show's working out because of all the bad grammar going on with like party on yeah. and stuff like that. So JT fires Mark too. So now we don't even have a co-host. Um, JT at this point, uh, storms off to the kitchen cause he's all mad that nothing's working out. Slamming and, the fridge. Being, yeah. Being destructive. And then uh, JT and uh, Frank have another conversation. Cody comes in and starts apologizing for being a bad co-host on the show. And then actually he says, you know what you need is more music. And uh, here's my guitar. Just gives him his guitar. So Ripping out the heartstrings. I think this is enough. JT eventually feels bad. He apologizes to Cody. Um, Cody, not upset. He understands about the whole girl situation. And... uh, JT asks him to come back, and not only that, let's change the name of the show to JT and Cody's World. Too wordy. JT's World is fine. Way too wordy. Um, next scene, that's a dinner scene. We've got uh, Dana. Well, they're getting ready. Uh, Carol's getting ready for Carol's dinner. Carol's getting ready. Right, Dana right. and Karen walk in, and they're um, talking about renting movies, and uh, they rented like a Mel Gibson movie. And they're like, hey, uh, mom, if you were stranded on an, uh, a desert island with Mel Gibson, what would you do? And then she's like, oh, man, I would. I don't remember exactly what she said. But she just is like, yeah, I mean, they basically get out of her that she has a crush on Mel Gibson. And she would she would definitely take advantage of the fact that they were alone on an island together. But Frank is listening the whole time. He actually set Carol Trick. up, which is almost worse than what happened in the first place. Anyways, in my opinion. But uh Oh, this is good. I'm re- I, I thought this was great. I really appreciated it. They work it out. They start kissing on the table. That's the end of the episode. That's it. 
uh, credit scene. Did you get bloopers on the one you watched? I did. I did. Yeah, it's them like pretty much trying to do like the uh, I forget what they say, like the bodacious. It was the intro for for JT's world. They just they couldn't do it. Well, no, it was the thing. intro for like when they're introducing Lisa, like when they're bringing her. Oh, on to that's the set. right. Yeah. yeah, the babe. Yeah, babe. That's pretty good. We don't get to see bloopers very often. No, I thought it was fun. I thought it was great. I really appreciated it. Yep. Um, so that's step by step. Next, uh, no new dinosaurs. We go to uh, Camp Wilder at 930, season one, episode four. Protect and serve is the name of the episode. And uh, we've got Ricky and Brody and uh, Melissa. They're all is Sophie in there, too. I think she is, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of making plans for uh, Thanksgiving because I guess that's one of like two times a year that family come over and they know family's going to be coming over. They're hosting Thanksgiving this year and Ricky just wants everything to be right. So they're like planning Turkey and seating arrangements and everything. And then when they go, it's also their first Thanksgiving doing this. Like they, they have not done this before. I think it seems like it's the first time doing this without their parents. So this is, they're basically practicing doing a dry run of Thanksgiving. Yeah, so um, she tells Brody that she wants him to cut the turkey, and uh, he almost enjoys it too much. He starts, like, hacking away. He's got an electric knife, so he's just he's like, got an electric yeah, knife this is chops. awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think, I don't want to jump ahead, but this isn't where she talks about, like, why she wants him to cut the turkey, is it? They do say that they do mention that 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 the dad always cut the turkey before, and that's why she thinks that he would, you know, yeah. that, that Brody would do it. Uh, let's see. Next scene, we've got a uh, Dorfman, and uh, he's like in some kind of Beth. pain or something, right? Like his head hurts or his neck hurts or something like that. And like, Rick, yeah, what was up with that? Ricky's I, like, no, I, yeah, yeah, he has a headache, and the reason this comes up is because he he's sitting on the couch with a turkey on his head, and Ricky's like, what's going on? Yeah, like Ricky like looks him over real quick and uh, just makes sure he's, makes sure that he's okay. Um, Melissa tells Ricky that, uh, she's going to the pier tonight with, uh, Kelly and Nicole and Ricky's like, no, you're not, you're not going there. It's not safe at night. So no, you're not going to the pier tonight. She is so wishy-washy with her rules. Yeah. Like yeah. this was the, you know, the situation with Brody and the party was uh, almost identical. And then she came, she had this big revelation that she wasn't going to have any rules and it was going to be a free for all. And now she's so wishy-washy. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, we also find out at this point after she tells him uh, her no that uh, Hank called. And we find out Hank is a police officer. I think we find out at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And Ricky's gone on a couple dates with them. I think that's right. all kind of uncovered here. And he was yep. able to change schedules or his change schedule changed. So they had a date together, which now is going to be tonight instead of tomorrow. I think that's right. That's that's pretty much right. Yeah, I I, I don't. Yes, that's right. We'll okay. just go with that. Yeah, good enough. Um, <laughs> good enough. So she asks Brody. She says, "Hey Brody, can you watch Sophie since this date has changed?" And uh, you know, I need a babysitter now. Yeah, and Daniel and Beth are in there too, right? And they're talking about how this date's a big deal because uh, it's the third date, it's and the third date. the third date is kind of the make it or break it date. So exactly. We'll figure out how that goes. They're all excited. Um, Brody is kind of like in this like awkward position, I guess, where it's his sister, but he's still kind of looking over her, like kind of playing a yeah. dad role kind of thing. So, well, there's all these kind of things during this episode that are building up towards the 
the moral of the episode, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is this is one of those, those things. Him having to take take care of Sophie, you know, him kind of overseeing this relationship his sister is in now. Yeah, so Ricky's already gone upstairs at this point, but uh, the two girls go and they want to go see what she's going to wear because they're excited for this uh, third potential third make it or break it date. So they go upstairs, um, and uh, Melissa comes in once again to ask uh, Ricky about the pier. She says no again. Sophie comes in. Um, Ricky tells Sophie that Brody's going to watch her tonight. And Sophie actually is like, I want to go to dinner with you guys. And, uh, she's like, no, you're not doing that. Can't do that. Nope. Uh, let's see. This is Beth, right? Beth is, um, what's her face? The famous one. (laughs) Danielle, I believe is the famous one. Danielle is, uh, what's her name? Hillary Swing. Danielle is Hillary Swing. Not, not Beth. Okay. Right. I think that's right. All right. So, um, she comes down and yeah, Danielle is Hillary Swank. Beth is the other one. Okay. Uh, Brody is like reading cosmopolitan magazine to find out more about like third dates. And, uh, Ricky comes down in this like real tiny dress and Brody's like, you're wearing that out. Like pretty much again, like the dad role being a dad. Sure. Yeah. And, um, he's worried about her. Dorfman comes in. He's absolutely speechless with her in this little tiny dress. And then, uh, Ricky heads off, uh, for the date with Hank. Exactly. So a little later, uh, we've got uh, Brody. This is probably, I don't know, five, six hours later. Brody is in the uh, house just waiting for Ricky for her to come home. It's like a little after midnight, worried about her. Uh, Melissa comes in questioning what Brody's doing, kind of realizing that he's kind of watching over her. And then uh, Ricky and Hank get home. She brought him home. I do want to mention this is not Mary Page Keller's first run in with with this actor. He was also on the, all right. The name of the episode was the commitment. You, you're going to remember this episode on baby talk. It was the one where they were at the party with all the psychiatrists, psychologists, yep, whatever. Yep, yep. And the one, I, I believe it's the one where, where oh, I can't remember. James proposes to finally proposes to, um, I can't remember the name of her character, but Mary Page Keller's character. Uh, he was one of the party goers. I believe he was okay. one of the guys that she kind of, like kind of tries to flirt with her while she's over bartending uh, or whatever. Yeah. The one that kind of, that kind of sets James off and gets him kind of riled yeah, up yeah. a little bit. That makes sense. Um, all right. So they get home. It's late at night. Um, and we find out they went to dinner and then dancing and then they went to the pier, which upsets <laughs> Melissa because she was just told not to go to the pier. And Hank mentions how it's so much safer now that they, installed new lights which was <laughs> melissa's defense or attempt to go out there anyways but uh she gets mad and then brody starts questioning hank like like he's her dad and uh asking him how everything went and what they did that kind of thing and just like on top of hank like while uh he's doing this which uh eventually yeah, we'll leave him alone we'll leave yep. him alone. and then uh, eventually rick ricky sends uh brody away like get away from us we need we want to spend yeah. time together get out of here so jump ahead to the next morning. Uh, we see Brody and Sophie come downstairs. Uh, Brody's ready to make Sophie some breakfast, but Hank is in the kitchen. It looks like he's still there from the night before making her some breakfast. But uh, we find out uh, in just a second that uh, Brody, well, Brody goes into the uh, stairwell to tell Melissa what's going on. Ricky comes downstairs, and this is where we find out apparently Ricky actually told Brody to go home and never come back. Hank, like, Hank, Hank, Hank. Told Hank. She told him never come home, never come back, 
And uh, so what we find out is that the night didn't work out very well. She tried to get him out of there. He left, and then he came back the next morning hoping that, like, if he made her breakfast, maybe he could get back in there or something like that. Yeah, it sounds like the night before he was being a little too pushy, a little Mm -hmm. too aggressive. Well, it's the third date. That's supposed to happen on the third date. Well, sure, right. Cosmo says. Yeah. But she was... She was not happy with the fact that he couldn't take no for an answer, and that's why she told him to never come back. Didn't want to see him again. Yeah, so Brody comes downstairs. Hank leaves. Ricky tells Brody what happened. And- whoa, 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 whoa. There's a, there's a thing. Whoa. There's a, there's a little... Because this is important. So Brody... So so Ricky has this conversation with Hank where she is like, "What? you're not supposed to be here. I told you I never want to see you again. Mm-hmm. You need to go. Brody doesn't hear any of this. Brody is coming has come down, seen him, gone back upstairs, and is now coming back down and goes right into yelling at him, saying, you know, this is inappropriate. There's children in here. You, you shouldn't have stayed over the night. You need to leave. You need to get out. Blah, blah, blah. So he, he, he like, aggressively kicks out Hank, not knowing any of the backstory of what happened the night before and what Ricky had told him. That's right. And then um, that's when Ricky and uh, Brody have the conversation about what actually happened. No, 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 no. That, that does not happen now. What happens now is Ricky, Ricky and Brody have this kind of fight about you. You can't do this, Brody. I am an adult. Yeah, I yeah. can date who I want. I can see who I want. This is none of your business. There's the the whole line of communication has not happened yet. That that leads to the next part. Okay, so Dorfman comes in. And yeah. Brody and Brody and Dorfman start talking about how Brody feels bad about what happened, and he wants to try to fix it. Yeah, because, I mean, he thinks he ruined the relationship. He thinks they would still be together if he didn't do what he did. So um, he's like, you know what? I got to go find him. And Dorfman's like, "Uh, well, Brody, it's a big city. Where are you going to find a cop here? And then they go to the donut shop. (laughs) Of course. So um, we're at the donut. And it is, is in fact, filled with cops. Yeah, like like 15 of them, it seems like. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we're at this donut shop. and um, Wait, do we know where they live? Do we know what city they live? L.A. They said L.A. It is L.A.? Yeah. they are waiting for a little bit. They're like, uh, he could go to any donut shop. They determine there's like a thousand donut shops or something in LA. And he's like, well, Dorfman knew the exact number. It yeah. sounds like he has actually gone, like tried out every, he even knows what I, each numbered one is. Like he can identify them by number. Yeah. Got a ton of respect for that. I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, but eventually they decide maybe we should split up, check out some other donut shops. Then we can find them that way. Uh, so Dorfman goes out, uh, Brody sticks around for just a few more seconds until Hank shows up and like all the other cops like yell his name because they're excited. It's like cheers. Yeah. Everyone knows his name. Yeah. Uh, Brody goes over to Hank, apologizes for what happened, and tells Hank, uh, "Ricky really wants to see you again. You should uh, you should come back over to the house." Right. Which is not true. That's not what Ricky told him. There was really no um, clear, like you said, communication about what she wanted. But that's what Brody got out of it. Right. So back of the house, um, Brody and Hank are in the kitchen. Uh, they hear Ricky getting home. They hide behind the table. Ricky comes in. They jump out and yell surprise. And I do uh, like there was a there was a cop rock reference here that I really appreciated before Ricky came. What home. is cop rock? They said something. Cop, cop rock was the this short lived police drama musical on ABC. Oh geez, it was it's it's often considered one of the worst shows ever. So that's the reference here. He makes so fun of it being, a, he's like, sorry, it got canceled or something like that, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a straight up police musical on drama type show. So they surprise Ricky. 
but Ricky's not excited. This is not what she wanted. She does not want Hank there, um, and she really wishes that Brody would have not butted into all of this once again after telling him not to do it already once. Yeah, but but it was conf- like they weren't clear. They weren't communicating clearly. The she first definitely time said, and- "I don't want you involved in my love life." That's true. But his takeaway was, "I, I that." She's mad because I screwed this up. How can I make it up okay. to her? I, I I appreciate what he was trying to do, but because of a lack of community, you know, because it's a sitcom, so they have to have a uh, something to drive the plot. Because of the lack of communication, he did the wrong thing and didn't realize he was doing the wrong thing. Yeah, and I think Hank ends up leaving here. Um, yeah, Ricky kicks him out again. Ricky says, you know, I told you not to come back. Get out. Don't come back. And then uh, Ricky and Brody start talking a little more about uh, not really needing him to be dad, but Brody is like uh, having this trouble figuring out what his role in the family is. Is he like a friend? Is he an uncle? Is he a dad? And then Ricky's like, yeah, that's what I've been dealing with this whole time too. So I'm glad you're well, here yeah. now. Yeah, because Brody says, look, I'm stretched then. I just don't, you know, this is a lot for me. And, and like you said, Ricky says, well, welcome to the club. Yeah. So... Um, then Hank comes back in. He forgot his keys. And then uh, I guess that's the end of the episode there. That's it. That's it, yeah. Uh, you you, you watch the same version as me. Then we get a little clip. We realized that uh, Dorfman was hosting TGIF this week. Yeah, we got a Dorfman TGIF promo, which was pretty fun. So that's pretty good. He's my favorite character. I, I love Dorfman. He's yeah. great. And yeah, then oh, yeah, uh, yeah. credit scene. Uh, we've got Dorfman getting home after looking. Oh yeah, he like. Well, he like he like runs in panting into the kitchen. Yeah, he because he just got home from going to all the donut shops trying to find Hank, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I've been. I was just trying to think of ways to get cops back here to the house." And he's like, "Well, did you figure anything out?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah." And then like you hear <laughs> sirens and lights, and then uh, come out with your hands up. We know you're in there. And then. Uh, you see Dorfman just run off the scene, and that, oh, yeah, that's yeah. the end of it. That's it. That's the end of the episode. All right. I'm talking about this episode. I liked it more than I think when I watched it the first time. So now I've got a tough decision of ranking these things. Um, yeah, it was fine. I don't know. I, I, I'm not. You're still putting it last place out of everything. I out of these three. Yeah, I'm still yeah. not. I'm still not there yet on on Camp Wilder. What would you like better? Family Matters or Full House? Then. Uh, or not full house, step by step or family matters. I think I like step by I think I like family matters better and then step by step at number two and Camp Water. All right. I'll go three Camp Water. I'll put step by step at one just for the Jesse sure. Spano cameo yeah. uh, alone. Sure. That's enough for me. But uh what sure. do we got coming up next week? Full week? Full full week. Full week next week, Family Matters, season four, episode four, step by step, season two, episode five, dinosaurs, season three, episode three. Camp Wilder, Season 1, Episode 5. Uh, thanks Full again, week. Michael Meadows, for the theme song this week. Yeah, thanks, Michael uh, Meadows. No, no, no. Oh, and hey, Steve, my copy of uh, Winnie the Pooh and Christmas 2 came in the mail today, so we'll be able to watch that on VHS. Oh, December. this is on in place of something for TGIF, right? It was during a week of TGIF. Yeah, yeah. perfect. All right, cool. So we'll watch that. Um, it, came, sure- it came with, it's the it's an original copy, still, still shrink-wrapped. It's got the promotional cookie cutter in it so we can make cookies too like Winnie the Pooh shaped cookies or something I have not had the chance to see if my TV VCR in my shed works yet for you but um, I want that TV VCR if you don't want it I want it I want that TV VCR I'll check it yeah you can have it if it works Um, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFcast Uh, shoot us emails TGIFcast at gmail.com full week next week 
I'm excited for it. Um, and hopefully, uh, Camp Auto gets a little better. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. I'm it's just not, not I'm not there yet. Yeah. But I'll, hopefully, I'll get there. All right, man. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. <laughs>